Good morning. It is the Feast of St. Peter Damien, Ember Friday, the 23rd of February, 2024. We're trying this live stream again. This morning, we had at the normal 4 a.m. time, and I was dealing with some after effects of the big internet outage yesterday. So we're going to try this again on the same kind of subject. But uh, for those who may have missed it, the... Um, <sighs> who may have missed the, the earlier version of it, the, um, it is worth noting that there have been attempts by the Vatican to crush what's going on in the German Sonata way. Not the substance of what they're trying to do, not the changes they're making, but the procedure they're going for. Because as Bishop Georg Botzing, the head of the German bishops and the leader of the German Sonata way has said himself, the German Sonata Way has got the same goals as the Synod of Synodality. Just keeping an eye here on the um, live chat to make sure if there's any problems that I'm not seeing. So far, we're not losing the screen like we were early on yesterday, so that's a good sign. Um, and today, again, is the Feast of St. Peter Damien, and that's actually kind of important given everything going on right now in the church. So, again... Maybe today uh, invokes Saint Peter Damien. Saint Peter Damien's name. He was uh, he wrote an infamous book dealing with the uh, James Martin crowd in his own time in the 10th century. So let's go into this today. The couple of you I see in the chat were here earlier. Um, we will try to do this, and I'm going to be fairly quick because I do have another internet thing I have to do. But let's go first to the main story, which is the letter from the Vatican telling them no. <laughs> so what we have here is the letter uh, from, this is from the highest profile cardinals that serve Francis in the Roman Curia, telling the German bishops, no, they have to stop. So we'll bring this up on screen large enough that you can follow along if you so choose. Dear Mr. Chairman Georg Botzing of the German Bishops Conference, dear fellow bishops, the General Assembly of the German Bishops Conference, that'd be the DBK, will take place in Augsburg, a very important city in the history of Protestantism, from February 19th to yesterday, the 22nd, at which the statutes of the Synodal Committee will be voted on. We therefore consider it necessary in continuation of the dialogue that we have already begun, which we will continue in the near future and which we want to further strengthen according to Pope Francis's wish to raise some concerns in this regard and to give some indications have been brought to the attention of the Holy Father and approved by him. Pausing here for a second. We're using a translation extension for Google Chrome. So why the syntax is a little leaving something to be desired. The statutes provide for the first task of the synodal committee to be the establishment of a synodal council. Such a body is not provided for by current canon law and therefore a decision by the Central Committee of German Catholics in this regard would be invalid with the corresponding legal consequences. Let's pause here. They, they, that is threatening language. Code of Canon Law does not support what the German bishops are trying to do. The German bishops are trying to do what the whole Synod of Synodality is trying to do. And when, this, when Francis makes a decision to implement whatever synodal decisions are made that go in line with the German bishops, he will then alter Canon Law to make that to do that. And that is in theory, his prerogative, but the German bishops can't go this alone. They have no law on their side, including secular law as they'll touch on here. So they continue. The question also arises with what authority the bishops conference would approve the statutes. 
Neither the Code of Canon Law or their own governing documents provide a basis for this in this sense. The Holy See has not yet issued a mandate. In fact, it has expressed itself to the contrary, meaning the bishops are going against canon law, their own rules, and against the very the spoken decrees of Francis. The draft of the statutes also stipulates that, quote, the German Bishops' Conference and the Central Committee of German Catholics assume responsibility for the Synodal Committee. Since, that, since, the, since they cannot act as a legal entity in the secular area, it could only assume such sponsorship for the Synodal Committee through the Association of German Dioceses. However, the required unanimous decision regarding the Synodal Committee was not reached with the Association. It should be noted that the issue was already presented during the last Ad Limina visit and subsequently in the letter from the Cardinal Secretary of State and the Prefects for the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith and for the Bishops of January 16, 2023, in which expressly and by special order of the Holy Father, asked him, meaning Bautzing, not to pursue the establishment of such a council. So let's pause here. The Vatican has been telling them for years not to do this. So what's this that they're trying to do? They are trying to establish what's called a synodal council. And this would be a body of largely laity who are in charge of things like confirming seminarians into the seminary and allowing them to be ordained priests giving the final stamp of approval on a, on, on a priest becoming a bishop on matters of doctrine and dogma in the church in Germany. This is a decentralization, not only a decentralization of authority in the church away from a small handful of bishops to a more, to a larger body of laity, but this is an inversion of the hierarchy itself. There is nothing in the law of the church that allows this. This is an inversion of the reality of the life of Catholics and how we understand our relationship to the church. This is putting the laity in charge of the church. And it's a mistake to think that Francis is telling them not to do this at all, because the Synod of Synodality has called for the same thing. What Francis does with the Synod's final document that will emerge in October, we won't find out until December, probably November or December of this year. But his message here isn't to not do it. It's to don't not do it without the rest of the church, because the letter that I covered this same issue a year ago on this channel. And at that time, the, his message was don't do this without the rest of the church. And he is by citing this here, this letter from the dicasteries of the faith and for the bishops of January 16th of last year is reinvoking that. So let's continue. The approval of the statutes of the Synodal Committee would therefore be in contradiction to the instructions of the Holy See, issued on the special commission of the Holy Father and once again present him with a fait accompli. In this regard, it was jointly agreed last October at the Synod to deepen the ecclesiological issues addressed by the Synodal Way, including the issue of a supra-diocesan advisory and decision-making body at the next meeting between representatives of the Roman Curia and the DBK. It was decided, they're saying, at the last Synod of Synodality meeting this past fall to have for more dialogue between Rome and the German bishops, who have, by the way, threatened to go into schism over this issue. But again, the Synod of Synodality has also talked about doing the same thing to the entire universal church. And that's kind of a big deal. And it's not a good thing in the slightest. The issue here is unity. This is not a don't do this. This is a don't do this without the rest of us thing just like before. If the statute of the Synodal Committee is adopted before this meeting, the question arises as to the meaning of this meeting and more generally of the ongoing dialogue process. We would like to give you the information expressed here to consider and trust that will be taken into account in the discussion of the upcoming DBK general meeting 
And then united in prayer, we stand at brotherly greetings, yada, 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 signed Pietro Perlin, who's the Cardinal Secretary of State, Cardinal Victor Emmanuel Fernandez, you know, Tuco himself at the pre, as the prefect for the dicastery of the Car doctrine of the faith, and Cardinal Robert M. Prevost, prefect for the dicastery of bishops. These are the most authoritative bishops who could speak on this issue on behalf of Francis, and they had him, they had them all united to speak on that. Let's take a look here at the chat before we go to the next part of this, because this is not the only thing that's happened on this. It happened on pretty much the same day. Um, T.P. Joseph says, if the Germans ignore Rome, will there be a rollback? Can there be a rollback? Would they obey? The thing about this is, and you'll see this in this next letter, they should receive an apostolic visitation if they go any further. They should. They probably won't because the apostolic visitations have been used against conservative and traditionally minded and traditional leaning cardinals and bishops. They have not been used against modernists, to my knowledge. I covered the 25 cases of bishops being removed from their offices by Francis, and they were almost all conservative and traditional. Sonny Jim, the Central Committee, how appropriate for what they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as one person said, uh, Laura said, yeah, thanks. I was just on with Joe McLean a few minutes ago. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. Um, but there, there's, a, I did sound there, yeah, T.B. Joseph, that's, you're correct. That's what it sounds like making priests conform to the world. I mean, think about it in this context. The one thing everybody in the church agrees on is that catechesis is just rock bottom right now. Nobody knows what they're doing. The laity, this generation is the worst catechized generation in history. The previous generation being the worst before it. Something went off the rails with catechesis and they're wanting to put decisions on doctrine, dogma, who can be priests and who can be bishops into the hands of that generation. What could possibly go wrong? Um... I am buffering a little. Okay, good to know. As long as we're not losing everything, a little buffering happens. But we're going to go now in the name of uh, making sure we can actually continue the stream and get it done relatively quickly to the other person who chimed in on this. And that would be Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, <laughs> who is, by the way, a German bishop. Once again, this is from cath.net. That's sort of like a more moderate version of LifeSite News in Germany. Um, this is, again, using a Google Chrome extension for translating. He says, the Central Committee of Catholics has no authority to tear its dioceses away from the unity with the Pope and with the Catholic Church. Again, the core issue here is unity. They're going it alone. Rome wants them to do whatever they're going to do with the rest of the church, to in step with the rest of the church. That's what's at issue here. Now, Cardinal Mueller goes further than that, though. He goes much further than that. See, he's asked in this interview by the journalist for cath.net, how do you assess the Roman letter prohibiting the establishment of a synodal council or committee in Germany as the highest governing body to which the teaching and pastoral office of the bishops is also subordinate? In other words, this central committee, what do you think is about this putting everything in the hands of the laity, people who will be deciding doctrine and dogma? What do you think of this? And here's his response. It says, at the last moment, the emergency brake was pulled before the train would have raced at full steam into the sack station. This planned body could be only be of human rights and therefore cannot, in principle, undermine the sacramental office of the bishop, the presbyters, priests, and deacons. The hierarchical constitution of the church is divinely established. With a Catholic hermeneutic, one comes to an insight into the mystery of the church, both in its essence and its historic development. 
The biblical and dogmatic history and magisterial findings are correctly and completely interpreted in the light of God's self-communication and Christ in the light of the Holy Spirit. All of this can be easily studied in Lumen Gentium because the dogmatic constitution is a summation of modern ecclesiology without the presumptuous claim to exhaust the mystery of the church of the triune God or to force it into the constraints of a conceptual system or even to conform the church to a frame one and to transform pagan ideology. What he's basically saying is this, the church is hierarchically established by God. To tr turn this into some secular institution or to take your cues from the secular world on how to govern the church is wrong in a, in a rejection of the divine origins of the church. He says, rather, the church of God is a sign and tool, the most intimate union of people with God and one another in love and not the instrument used by people to promote various atheistic ideologies you're not allowed to um, critique on here. All the reasons, all the real concerns of these movements are better placed with God, who created everything through his word and thereby communicated his logos. Logos meaning sort of a order of the universe, the, the law of the universe, to everything created and gave him a real causality with regard to the natural and supernatural goal of man and the world. Now, this letter, the, the this letter reflects also something else here. The German bishops have gone so far. Now, Cardinal Walter Casper told them that they needed to stop and go with Rome. Cardinal Casper did. And when Cardinal Casper is saying you've gone too far into the schismatic and heretical territory, you know you've lost the plot. But you've gone too far. I'm going to just check to make sure we're still on. We are very, very good. So if you have lost Cardinal Casper from your side of things as a modernist, you know you're in trouble. He's... Cardinal Mueller is asked about Sean Bourne and Casper saying this, and he says in response, it's not so easy for the German synodal side to frame their voice as conservative right or even as hostile to Pope Francis and thus neutralize it without contradicting their previous appro appropriation in their own ideological bubble, key witnesses in the matter of communion for Catholics in regular relationships. They, the German bishops took fiducia supplicants and ran with it because fiducia supplicants was something that the German bishops had pushed for. They actually wanted more than that, but they took it and ran with it. And they talked about how it was a great sign of unity for the church and all the rest of it. Mueller continues, where unity with the successor of Peter and the revealed doctrine of faith and morals and the sacramental constitution of the church is abandoned in the apostolic succession to popes, the red line to schism and heresy is crossed. Key word there to understanding that the garbled translation is unity. You have to stay in union with the, with, with the papacy. Even if you don't like the current pope, you have to stay in union with the papacy. Otherwise, you cross the line into schism and heresy. And obviously, that's what the German bishops have done here. They have threatened to go into schism over this. And they use the Ted McCarrick problem in the church, the German version of it, as their excuse for this, for pushing this change on the church. Which is laughable, because... Giving into the world on the matters of the sins of the flesh will not take care of the Ted McCarrick problem. It will make it worse. Mueller continues saying, this is no longer about overcoming misunderstandings through conversation, but rather about putting an end to the misuse of the office of the bishop. Because the German bishops conference has no authority to tear its dioceses away from unity with the Pope and the Catholic church. He's saying they'll go into schism if they continue on this path. To which, Cath.net asks what needs to be done. And this is where Mueller just drops a hammer on them. He says, those responsible 
for this greatest man-made crisis in the church in Germany since the Protestant Reformation and secularization should face an apostolic visitation. An apostolic visitation is what happened to all the religious orders that got suppressed. An apostolic visitation is what happened to Bishop Joseph Strickland. That's what he's saying they should have, is that they should face the consequences. And remember, that letter from the Vatican threatened consequences, canonical consequences. An apostolic visitation would absolutely be one of them. He says, everyone has to learn that the church of Jesus Christ can only be understood using the theological categories. Anyone who tries to break it down sociologically to an inner world NGO or thinks that they are being humane when they reduce people to instinctual creatures through psychological reductionism of the flesh will go down in church history, not as a reformer, but as a ruiner. In other words, anyone who pull, who tries to secularize the Catholic church will, will be one of the great villains of church history. And he's right. The apostles and therefore the bishops were sent by Christ into the world to proclaim the gospel to all people. This is their common task and their synodal path. The behavior as church princes and in modern version as church officials was always the gravest sin against the credibility of their witness for Christ, the savior of the whole world, and by no means just its partial aspects, such as the thermometer problem. Prelates acting like they are not just hierarchically superior to people, but actually have the authority to change whatever they want because they act like uh, officials, secular officials in some government office somewhere, or that they are the ones in he as heads of the church, as opposed to Christ, has always destroyed the credibility of the Christian witness, the spread of the gospel. He says that bishops, priests, and minist as ministers of the word of God, proclaimers of the gospel, are appointed by the Holy Spirit as shepherds for the true church, which he acquired through the blood of his son. The secularization of the church has always, always been to her detriment. The proclamation of the gospel was and is always her happiness and the salvation of the world. And in other words, these guys should be more concerned with the gospel, the integrity of faith. That's what they should be focused on. Instead, they want to normalize the James Martin stuff. They want to shatter clerical celibacy. They want to embrace whatever secular thing going on is at the moment. And they want to invert the hierarchy and put the worst catechized generation in the history of the church in charge of who gets to be a priest, who gets to be a bishop, and what doctrine is. And the one thing about all this that Mueller doesn't address is that historically the Vatican has always told the German bishops not to not do this, to not do this without the rest of the church. That letter from the Vatican was framed in a unity. That's all it was. Do, don't do this. It's not don't do this. It's do this with the rest of the church. Because as Georg Botzing, the bishop in charge of the German Synodal Way himself admitted that we are only doing what the Synod of Synodality is doing. And this is why we need to keep paying attention to the Synod of Synodality. Because it's back in the news. There are now meetings going on with Francis inviting various priests and various lay people to talk about the agenda items for the coming synod. That's why he had that Anglican lady bishop talk about ordination with him, because that's on the agenda for the next synod. Whether or not they approve of such a thing, we will find out, but that is at least something they will be discussing because they've said as much. It's not don't do these things. It's don't do them on your own. Let's take a look here in the live chat. Um, Again, for those who might have been earlier, this is me, my second attempt at this live stream. We, I had after effects of yesterday's uh, 
internet system problems that kept me from being able to finish it. And so we're just doing this again, but this time uh, a little more cogent, a little, <laughs> a little more tightly. Um, Daniel says his uh, Northern Michigan diocese has scheduled three synodal meetings in March. Okay. Have fun with that. <laughs> were you invited? Um, my traditional parish was not invited. And uh, in fact, that seems to be the running thing here. Most of the time, these meetings are the laity who participate are handpicked or the dioceses they come from, or the not dioceses, the parishes they come from are handpicked because they can rely on people to be on the team there. Synodality has made the bishops obsolete. Yeah. Modern, the, Modern synodality has very little to do with the synodality in the early years of the church. And it's trying to replace hierarchical authority. It's a democratization effort. No, I don't know how they would be able to vote Francis out. Um, there's no mechanism for it. With all these changes going on, we'll just put the SSPX in a bind. It'll fill up their parishes even more than they already are. The bind will be for needing spaces to offer masses and needing more priests and things, but it won't put them in a bind to you know, close them down or anything. David Wilson says, Rome is only concerned with the speed of change, not the change itself, hence no visitations. That's precisely correct. This is why the call for apostolic visitations, it would take a lot. It would take a lot. I don't even know what the limitation would be. Maybe uh, the bishop's trying to uh, change the consecration prayer to just into this, turning into overtly the Eucharist into a symbol. That might be what it would take. Um, let's take a, let's keep going. Tim Darrow says, thanks for the, for my work. Appreciate the nice words. I'm in Chicago and struggle with the agenda of the archbishop here. Yeah. Um, I, in my early days of this channel, I referred to Cardinal Supich as a friend of the channel because I, it seemed like every third day I would have a video featuring something he'd say. So I, I understand he's hitting retirement age this year, but I doubt Francis is going to accept his retirement. Um, Pirate Heart says, none of these bishops seem to have spent time looking to Our Lady's warnings, La Salette, Akita, Lourdes. How can they take such steps? I don't think they believe in Marian apparitions. It's why we get this persistent rumor that they're going to change essentially the approval of a lot of these apparitions. We keep hearing that, that whispering from Rome. I don't know if it's true or not. That's why I haven't given any formal reporting. But I don't think they believe, I, I would be shocked if they believed in them. Um, Deborah says with a stun at St. Patrick's Cathedral, they cannot afford to move on their own as this is orchestrated. I know Catholics, Protestants that are enraged and see that they have gone too far. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know how that they can go back at this point. They've, Fiducia Supplicans has, if they, if a, the bishop embraced it, then they, I don't know what else, what they can do except to just go as far short of repenting, which I can't imagine any of them doing. Um, those lady that think that they should have uh, rights to participate in these things are exactly the ones that don't know the faith. Sadly, many work in parishes. Th I, this is actually a natural consequence, I think, of the creation of parish councils and bringing in lots of laity to work in parishes in the years after the council. Because when you had a vocation, the vocations crisis, vocations went off the cliff right after the new mass was introduced. And when that happened, what do you think was the consequence? They had to have people in the parishes. If you go look at pictures of parishes, like photographs from you know, the 1940s and 1930s, they were full of priests, full of priests. There were a few lay employees, but nothing like what we have now. 
Hannah says, let us offer our Ember Day fast for the Holy Church. Yes, remember today's Ember Friday. Um, good. Uh, the Lenten Ember Days are a little something else entirely, but offer your, uh, it's a good, to, uh, good to unite your your fasting and the, the discomforts from your fasting for the intention of liberating the church. Can they do that? Change the status of Marian apparitions. I don't think anybody's ever tried to do that before. So we'll see. I think that's a dangerous thing for them to do though. <laughs> Maria Santos says, good morning all. It's my first live stream here. And I'm about to sign off here because I do have to be someplace in about five minutes. So if there's any final thoughts in the chat, this is your time to get them in and uh, watch the live, watch the stream live. If, uh, if you haven't, if you've only just caught up with us. All right, folks, we're, uh, having a good time this morning. And uh, while the, the Vatican trying to put the brakes on what's going on in Rome is unequivocally a good thing and should be celebrated, remember their message is unity, that they want the German bishops to go and do this with them. Be, be a mistake to go after our Lord's mother. It would be very much a mistake. I think that would be put us well down the, down the path of no return at that point. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Um, if you've ever thought about being a patron of the channel, this would be a good time to do it. helps keep these daily messages coming. And thanks to the patrons and channel members who do keep these messages coming. It is greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.